Luke chapter 14, verse 1 through verse 6. When you have it, I want you to stand with me for the reverence of God's word. Luke chapter 14, verse 1 through verse 6. When you have it, signify by saying, I have the bread. And it came to pass as he went in the house of one of the chief Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath day that they watched him. And behold, there was a certain man before him which had dropsy. And Jesus answering spake unto the lawyers and Pharisees saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? And they held their peace. And he took him and healed him and let him go. And answered them saying, Which of you shall have an ass or an ox fallen into a pit? It will not right away pull him out on the Sabbath day. And they could not answer him again to these things. And all of God's people said, Amen. Right before you sit down. Your license to sit down tonight is did you have to declare this message? If you declare this message, then you can sit down. Look at the person beside you. Tell them, get the ox out the ditch. Get the ox out the ditch. We are governed as U.S. citizens by laws of our nation, our commonwealth, and even local municipalities. Laws and rules, in their essence, are not there to control us, but they're there for our protection. It's all about your perception. A speed, a speeding limit on the highway is either there to protect you or to control you based upon your ideology. Even our scriptures, our Judeo-Christian faith, the foundation of our faith is Judaism, and in Judaism, it encompasses 633 laws, ordinances, and commands. Not suggestions, but commandments. Um, oftentimes, we lift up the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, uh, five that address our relationship with each other, and five commandments that address our relationship with God. You know, don't covet something that belongs to your neighbor. Don't commit adultery. That's you and a person. Have no other God before me. That's you and God. That says something, and I've said it often. I think it's worth repeating. That your relationship with each other is a direct reflection of your relationship with God. You can't, you can't be that you and God are so on and you and everybody else are so off. You know, it's been said that you can be so heavily minded that you're not earthly good. 
But I believe if you're really heavenly minded, you'll do earthly good. I just believe that some people are heavenly minded. They're just narcissistic. You know, they're self-centered. It's all about them. And that's why we have a whole generation of individuals now who have exited the church with a mindset that they don't need a pastor. They don't need a leader. They got their own commentaries. They have their own books. And they can pick from the pedigree and the tapestry of diversity from preachers online. But there's something that you need and every one of us need that you cannot get from a distance. And it's called community. Tell your neighbor, you need community. You need community for support. Because you say you don't need a preacher until somebody in your family die. You don't need a church until you find yourself in a financial crisis. You need community not just for support, for support, but also to be challenged. Because none of us have ever developed in the best place in our lives without being challenged. The ease and comfort does not develop you. Tell your neighbor you need community to challenge you. You need, you need community uh, that will call you and say, I didn't see you last Sunday. Is everything okay? You know? You need somebody in your life that says, oh, I saw you at church, but where was your husband? We haven't seen him in the last two weeks. Are you guys okay? See, if you don't have a revelation of community, you call that being nosy and being in control when it's true concern. Tell your neighbor, it's, not, it's accountability. It's accountability. So we have these ordinances, these laws, these commands that are put in place that communicate something to us. And I think it's very important that we lift this up. Because oftentimes, in the, if you're a dispensationalist, you will say that we're in the church age, we're in this age of grace. And oftentimes, our focus on the age of grace have a tendency to make us consider that the Old Testament is irrelevant. As a matter of fact, some have said that you better be glad that we serve the God of the New Testament as though the God of the New Testament is different from the God of the Old Testament. Uh, y'all talk to me in here because we says the God of the New Testament is gracious. But when I look at the Old Testament, that same God was still yet gracious. Well, Bishop, he flooded the whole earth because he got upset. But how many years did Noah preach? Well, look what he did to Sodom and Gomorrah. But look how Abraham negotiated with them to try to save the city. Somebody shout, same God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. He's the same. Yesterday, today, and forevermore. Yes, I do believe we're in a different dispensation. God is doing something different. We're maneuvering. But when I look at the pages of the old covenant, they reflect God. It reveals God's character. That's why I love the word of God. I know we got novels and, you know, reach your novels and, and some of y'all like to get up in the bed with a nice romance novel. Do what you do, you know. And I know we love Netflix and chilling and, and series. You know, I'm talking about when one, se- one episode ends and it's 1245 and you know you got to go to work in the morning. And that button says the next episode starts in seven seconds and you're looking, I should cut it off. 
but I got to see, did he die or not? Oh, but if you really want to know some drama, it's in the word of God. If you want to read some romance, it's in the word of God. A love letter like you've never seen before. Family dynamics is all in the word of God. I, lo- I love the word. I love the word of God. And it reveals even the book of Leviticus. <laughs> even the book of Leviticus. I'm talking about the book that holds you up. When you say, all right, this is a new year and I'm going to read the entire Bible from the beginning to the end. And then you survive the genealogies of Genesis. And when you got to the end of it after this one, but got that one and that one, but got this one. You say, I finally got to the end. Oh, oh, now I'm in Exodus. Oh, hallelujah. I got the drama and the narrative of Exodus. And all of a sudden, Leviticus. Y'all ain't got to be honest with me. I've been in church a long time. Nobody says my favorite book of the Bible is Leviticus. We don't name our children Leviticus. You hear me? Leviticus. Almost to the point that many people will skip it. We'll skip it. For this sin, you need this offering. And for this sin, you need this type of offering. Don't mix these garments. What's what's the point of all of that? But I want you to know God is so intentional. Every letter, every space, every tittle, every dot. Hallelujah. Oh, that's the miracle of the Bible. That it's all laid out like it's laid out. All speaking of Jesus. All declaring God and revealing his character and his nature. Leviticus was establishing God's holiness. If you don't understand Leviticus, then you won't really be able to celebrate the sacrifice. Because we have everybody that wants to fall in love with Yeshua in the Gospels. You call him king and he is. You call him ruler of every nation and he is. But Leviticus reveals to us that without the shedding of blood... There's no remission of sin. See, we shout in church that salvation is free and salvation is free, but it's free to you. But it costs somebody something. See, when you don't understand the depth of his love for us, revealed in his sacrifice, declared in the book of Leviticus, you will wait for a car before you shout. You will wait for a husband before you dance. Oh, but the rest of us, it says, alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my sovereign die? Would he devote this sacred head for such a worm as I? Somebody said, what are you talking about? Well, you'll know the course. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burdens of my heart rolled away. I'm going to ask you a question. Y'all ready for the question? It's a test question. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So when you skip over it, you miss out on the revelation of the width and the depth of his love because saving us without sacrifice would have compromised his holiness. If he would have let us off the hook 
without paying a price. He would have brought us in relationship in the essence of our filth. And touching anything unclean would have made him unclean. Oh, but the Bible says he became sin, knowing no sin. Hallelujah. He became the son of himself to redeem man back up to himself. He's the great reconciler. Being the high priest and the lamb. I need a Bible church to talk to me here. Tell your neighbor, that's nobody but Jesus. No, nobody. I know we're in a pluralistic society. And I know we're in this religious world where we have to be politically correct. But I'm going to say something. And some of y'all may get a little nervous when I say it. But can't nobody do it but Jesus. Nobody but Jesus. Muslims got to get to Mecca to get close to their God. Buddhists got to climb mountains of enlightenment to get close to their God. Hindus got to build altars to get close to their God. But we we could not get to our God our God came to us Emmanuel Emmanuel God with I need a praise here I say he's God with us all these rules and all these laws that reveal God and reveals his holiness his character and his nature. I said all that to say this. I believe in the word. I believe in his parameters. I believe his parameters are there for our protection and our provision. It was important that my introduction was that long to establish uh, my premise because I'm about to make a, a hard turn Although I believe in rules, I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, sometime you got to break the rules to save your life. For me to say that, I I must back it up with scripture. Not... And not just one scripture because anybody can build a theology off of one verse. But it must be line upon line and precept. Y'all talk to me here. Precept upon precept. What permission do I have to step out of the perimeters of what's been established? Well, I want you to know that God's sovereignty and power It's not so frail that man's error can destroy his purpose. Hallelujah. God is so God that he'll go before you knowing what decision you would make and calculate it into his plan and still fix it where you get to the destination on time. Everybody in here won't be able to relate with this. But I need the 50 of you in here. I I need 49. I'll be number 50. That thank God that your last mistake did not mess up God's plan. Come on, don't you be a false, don't be a false witness. I need somebody here that says, I did enough to change God's mind. And he still yet said, my word over you is yay and amen. Somebody open up your mouth and shout because he made a decision and he didn't take it back. 
Y'all be seated. I'm going to close. I want to bring a witness to the stand to help me defend my thesis tonight. And uh, the children of Israel is camped out in the wilderness with their tents pitched toward Jericho. One last time, we're going to send out spies to check it out. When the spies got to Jericho, there was a woman who had a lucrative business in the walls of the city. Her name is Rahab. And when, when Rahab met the spies, hallelujah, they asked her, will you hide us? She committed treason on her own nation. Because she says, all the men of the city's hearts fail because of your God. Glory be to God. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, there's a rumor about God. Tell your neighbor, the rumor is, he fights for me. Hallelujah. The rumor is, every time I get in a tight spot, he has a way of pulling me out. The rumor is, I'm God's favorite. I don't deserve it. I don't know why he loves me like he loves me. But every time I feel like I get trapped in, he pulls me <laughs> Scream at somebody, tell them the rumor is right. The rumor is right. And the Bible said, when the men of Jericho came looking for the spies of Israel, she said, I haven't seen them. I haven't seen them. She covered them with a lie. Uh, the rule is always tell the truth. But on this night, Rahab broke the rules. Mm. And her breaking the rule on this night saved not only her life, but the life of her family and set her up in the genealogy of Israel. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, get that ox out the ditch. Hallelujah. When you read the book of Leviticus, it gives us instructions about a woman when she's on her menstrual cycle. It talks about if there's any blood issue with her. Because of her blood issue, she will be established as unclean. And because she's unclean, she's not to be around society. She's not to be close proximity to anybody. Or she would contaminate their cleanliness. Their cleanliness. But the Bible said there was a woman that had an issue of blood. And this wasn't a recent issue. I could imagine that she tried to keep the rules. She knew the law and she had attempted to stay in the norms of society. But the Bible said after 12 long years, she has spent everything she had. And she says, I know according to the law, I got to stay home and die. Oh, but she says something on the inside of me. She had an inside conversation. She didn't don't say she had a prayer partner. It don't say somebody prophesied to her. As a matter of fact, Jesus didn't even send her an invitation. But the Bible says she prophesied. 
she pressed her way hallelujah through the crowd and she sat within herself I need you to look at somebody to the left and the right of you tell them you got to talk to yourself sometime you can't wait for somebody to encourage you all the time all of us got our own stuff sometimes you got to go on Facebook and send your own self a message get another phone and text yourself and say self you got to tell your soul you got to talk to your soul you got to have a communication she broke she broke the rules and Israel is in battle and Saul has given strict instructions he says everybody fast nobody eat until I whoop my enemies until I avenge my honor against my enemies nobody eat everybody fast I want to give some instructions and some wisdom to some very zealous uh, spiritual young people. There's nothing wrong with being zealous. You keep your passion and don't let people put out your fire because they've been in church a long time. They don't know how long you were deep in depression. Every time I turn around, you go to church, you go to church, you go to church. Every time I turn around, you go into the club, you go into the club. Every time I turn around, you smell like weed, you smell like weed. So why not? screaming somebody tell him you don't know where he brought me from it took me more than one night to get in what I was in it may take me more than one service to get out of what I was in I need all of this screaming somebody tell him I'm gonna get drunk tonight y'all can sit around and try to keep the rules tonight and try to look pretty if you want to but scream at somebody tell him I want everything God has for me but I want to give you some wisdom so You'll have some endurance. Don't fast during your assignment. All of you that sometimes you get this passionate zeal to go on 30 days. Just do it. But the time you need to fight, you don't need hunger to be your distraction. You don't go into spiritual warfare without having the strength to fight. Saul, out of his zeal, says, nobody eat until I win. The only challenge is the soldiers were too weak to fight. They walking through the woods. Jonathan doesn't know. Jonathan doesn't know his father has established this rule that says, if you eat something before we win, I'm going to kill you. And Jonathan saw honey rolling down a tree. And he got it. He took the honey, and when he took the honey, strength came to him. And they said, oh, you didn't supposed to do it. But listen to what he says. I didn't know what my father said, but don't you see my eyes? Don't you see strength has come to me? And I want to say this to somebody in this room. Mm. Do what you need to do to win your battle. Some people, hallelujah, some people want you to get victory only by their rules. They want you to succeed only by their rules. But tell your neighbor, do what you need to do. It don't have to be pretty, but you do need to win. Hallelujah. Sometimes 
to win the victory, you got to get ugly. I, that's why some of us in here tonight, we are jumping like we're jumping and we're screaming like we're screaming. And you're looking at us, do y'all really need to do that? Baby, I'm fighting some stuff with some details you don't know about. I need somebody to jump on your feet and go to battle right now with your battle cry. Go to battle. Come on, go to battle. got the victory I'm telling you I can go through the scriptures all night on people who stepped out of the boundaries of other people's expectations I'll, I'll just give you let me give you just two more I think that's necessary let me give you this one there was a law in Israel that if a man died with no sons that the inheritance went to his brothers it was a law of God uncontested and came a day in the Israeli camp where a man by the name of Zelophehad died and he had no boys but he had five daughters. I need the daughters to walk with me here. I need some daughters to walk with me here. And the daughters did something unprecedented. They went to the door of Moses and said, excuse me. His assistant cracks the door and said, uh, yeah, what are you doing here? We want to talk to Moses. You are a woman. You don't even have access to this court. But Moses is our leader. We need to speak to Moses. Moses overheard the dialogue and gave them access. It's all about how you approach the situation. A, a soft voice would turn away raft. Hallelujah. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I know how I'm going to get out of this. Tell her, I'm going to talk my way out of it. Hey, Lord. God says, I'm anointing your speech. My God. Somebody, there's a promotion right above your head. And God says, I'm giving you the language. I'm giving you the language. We've been speaking the tongues of angels. But God says, I'm going to give you the language of men. God says, I'm going to fix it where you're going to be able to talk in corporate language that you can get corporate access. He's going to give you real estate language. He's going to give you financial language uh, that the loan officer would think. Maybe you do know what you're talking about. Uh, he's going to give you language. 
And he says, what do, what do y'all want? He said, he said well, uh, our daddy just died. And uh, the law said that if he died and he didn't have no sons, that his inheritance and land goes to our uncles. Now, Moses, Bishop, uh, we want to say Moses was not a part of the Korah rebellion. He never spoke against you. He was faithful. And any mistake he made, he made it on his own life. He was not an anti-leadership person. So we don't want our father's name removed out of the earth. All we said, the daughters, we want our inheritance. And the way they approached it. Moses says, well, I can't change the law. But I'll go to the person that can. Moses says, I'll call you back. And Moses went back to God and says, God, I know you heard what them five girls just said. And I know it's already written. So, you know, I go back. I don't mind telling them, you know, it's what you said. But because of their knocking. Hallelujah. I need you to push somebody to tell them, knock one more time. Somebody in this room, you've been praying and praying and you've been seeking and seeking. You've been shouting and shouting and look like ain't nothing changed. But I need you to obey me as quickly as you can. Run over to somebody in another section. Tell them, knock one more time. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door. We're coming into the year. 5784. This is going to be a year of the open door. Y'all sitting near the wrong people. I need somebody to know that you're standing in front of an open door. Come on, step in and shout. I want my inheritance. I want. Break the rules. 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 Get that ox out the ditch and shout. I want my inheritance. Help yourself, honey. The Bible said, look at her breaking the rules. She didn't came up and fell out on the front row. The Bible, the Bible said that the desire of David's administration was he wanted to get the Ark of the Covenant back to Zion. He wanted to get the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. Because what is worship if there's no presence? What is all this singing if there is no glory? Pull on your neighbor and say, oh neighbor, I want the glory. Hallelujah, you can have the goosebumps, but I need glory. Hallelujah. You can have charisma, but tell somebody, I want the glory. Because there's a promise over this house that the glory of the latter house will be greater than the former. I need you to run over to somebody from your church and tell them there's a greater glory coming. That's why some people have to leave. 
That's why some people have to exit. And that's why some people couldn't stay to scream at somebody and tell them a greater glory is coming. Oh, 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 greater glory. Great. The Bible says that the, 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 the ark of God had been in the house of Obed-Edom. And David found out how to get it back to Jerusalem. And the ark of the, of the Lord came on the shoulders of the priests. David wasn't a priest, so he couldn't carry it. Hallelujah, he was the king. But David said, I can't carry the ark, but I'm going to do something. The Bible says David began to dance before the Lord. When you look in Hebrew scripture, the word festival is shagag. And the word dance is shag. That means a festival is supposed to include dancing. But something had happened in Hebrew culture. Because the Bible said that when David won his battles, that the women would dance. And the Bible says when they got across the Red Sea, the women danced. But now David, hallelujah, is breaking the rules. It ain't the women that's dancing. It's not the Commonest is dancing, but here comes a dancing king. Hallelujah. Grab your neighbor by the hand and tell him, I'm going to be rich and be a praiser. I'm going to own multiple properties and I'm going to still dance. I'm going to travel and you'll see videos of me on islands and I'll still be dancing. Micaiah looked at David, his wife, and said, You look like a fool. Look at you looking crazy. You are king dancing out here in front of the people. But he says, You were not there when I was out in the field. You were not there when God gave me victory over the bear. You were not there when he gave me victory over the lion. He said, if you can't handle the way I'm shouting, if you can't stand the way I'm dancing, I'll be more undignified than this. God told me to tell you tonight, come out of your comfort, color outside the lines, be unprecedented, get crazy, make crazy steps of faith, get crazy, crazy moments, somebody shout glory, somebody shout hallelujah. and they're watching him somebody point to Bishop Witcher and tell them eyes are on you and I'm going to tell you Bishop I say this in the Holy Ghost some and this is why God is taking you through this season this last year to, to purify your heart, to heal you from wounds and triggers. Because some of your greatest adversaries in times past are getting ready to become some of your greatest supporters.
y'all see how our praise, it was like the mixture. Even you to clap, I felt the mixture. It was the mixture of when the temple was accomplished. And some people were clapping because they said, oh, wow, look at the temple. And then some were crying because they said, it don't look nothing like Solomon's temple. That's kind of what the hand clap they just get. I get it. Because when people have been the source of your pain. When people you supported and you covered them. And then they went through a, when you went through a season where they were looking for ways to uncover you. And where there was nothing, they made up stuff. Somebody point to your neighbor, tell your neighbor, eyes are on you. spirit bishop you got bit by a poisonous snake tell your neighbor it was a real threat see sometimes when we testify about stuff people think it wasn't that bad it was actually worse than what you know I just spared you some details I want somebody to confess and I'm going to give you an opportunity to confess Somebody in here, visual confession, shout, I almost had a nervous breakdown. All right, I'm going to take you to another level of transparency. Because that was some of y'all. I need some of y'all in here to confess, I had a nervous breakdown. It might not have been a whole breakdown. You might not have ended up in the psych ward. But some of us, we had our own mini breakdown. The only reason why we didn't have a whole one is because too many people were depending on us. Where the serpent bit you. Because what you got to deal with, what you got to deal with, is not just the serpent, but the people who stood by silent. Not just the, not just the people who accused me or hurt me, but the people who knew me. And they didn't defend me. The people who knew my character. The people who knew who I was. And then they sat silent. And didn't defend me. And the Bible said. Not only you got to be prepared for the serpent. But also for the people who stood back and watched. To wait to see. Where you gonna die. I need the 123 of y'all that you know your marriage survived the plot of the enemy to shout. Your education survived the plot of the enemy. Come on. Your ministry survived the plot of the enemy. They waited for you to die. They waited for you to die. But look who survived. We shook that snake up. We shook. Everybody gonna be convinced. Scream at somebody, tell them God will be your defense. He's getting ready to testify for you. He's getting ready to testify.
scream at them. I've been having you scream all night. You ain't got to scream at them. Just look at somebody eyeball to eyeball. You ain't got to scream at them. Just put one hand on their shoulder. Just look at them and look at them eyeball to eyeball and tell them, you survived it. They might not know what your it is, but you do. It was set up to kill you. It was set up to destroy you. I want you to run over to somebody you know. Just get out of your seat and run over to somebody you know. Tell them congratulations. You survived it. Some people didn't survive it, but you survived it. You went through it. But now you're on the other side of it. You... Oh, there it is. There it is. I feel the Lord in here. I feel the Lord. The great reconciler is in the room. The great reconciler is in the room. He is about to settle the score. He is about to settle the score. God says, I'm not about to give you revenge because revenge belongs to me. But he says, what I'm about to give you is a recompense of reward. He he says, I'm going to give you a reward. Scream at somebody, tell them, I don't want revenge. Tell them, but I'll take the reward. He says, after you have suffered a while, I'll establish you. After you've suffered a while, I'll perfect you. After you've suffered a while, I'll set you up. Let me hear the sound of those who've had to suffer. Suffer through the lies. Suffer through the pain. Suffer through the misunderstanding. Suffer through the abandonment. Suffer through the loneliness. Suffer! But now you're about to reign. You're about to I feel the Lord something is about to break in this room but you're going to have to color outside the line they were watching Jesus looking for something and he gave them something he saw a sick man and God is a healer and anytime there's sickness in the room the healer in him stands up and the Bible says he looked at him and said it's the Sabbath but should not heal him they didn't say nothing he says if there's an ox in the ditch when you get the ox out even though it's the Sabbath because if there's no ox no plow if there's no plowing there's no sowing if there's no sowing there's no reaping if there's no reaping there's no harvest tell somebody this is time sensitive God told me to tell you tonight that when you praise him tonight you're pulling your harvest out the ditch There 
that's been stuck in your life. Some of you, your ministry has been stuck. You've been stuck emotionally. I'm talking about when you want to move forward. When you want to be better. When you want to be healthy. When you want to be whole. And you feel yourself, every time you would go forward, you feel yourself immobile, stuck. And your future is stuck. And your dreams are stuck. And your marriage, y'all keep going around the same cycle. You do good for a few days. And then the triggers of stuff from the past come back up again. You're dealing with habits and addiction. Woo! But tell your neighbor, you got an assignment tonight. Get that ox out the ditch. use you to do something unprecedented you don't have a reference point I'm sorry I'm a prophetic I'm a prophetic leader I even dance in the spirit the Bible says man shall not live by bread alone but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God I pray today's message has been a blessing to you and that you've been expanded and increased and you've been given the desire to walk even closer to God. If you've really been blessed by today's message, I want you to consider partnering with me that I can continue to get out quality content, inspirational, motivational and gospel messages because we know it's through the foolishness of preaching that souls are saved. When you partner with us, you're helping us spread the word of God, not just domestically, but internationally all over the world. And so remember today as you sow, that even though the money or the gift may leave your hand, it will never leave your life because you're partnering with something that's greater than you. We want to hear from you. If you've been blessed by our ministry, we'd like to get your messages. Send us an email. Uh, follow us on social media. And take this opportunity to subscribe to this YouTube channel. Remember, I know what it feels like to cry till you have no more tears left to cry. But after you finish crying, don't stop. Get up and keep crying.